This is the Big Church Podcast. Big Church, how y'all doing this morning? Come on, talk to me, talk to me. How you doing? All right, all right. I just want to say good morning to everyone that's here. Shout out to everyone that's online because you could have been doing anything else and you chose to be here. I'm super excited to see you. For those who may not know, my name is Trey and I'm 24 years old and I'm just a youngin' out here living. And this is actually my first time preaching. So we're gonna go on this adventure together, all right? All right. I have a question that I wanna ask each and every one of you, and it's gonna require honesty, okay? We're gonna get real, real quick. I wanna know who in this room has been in a fight. Now, before you answer, I'm not talking like you pushed someone, someone pushed you, and then someone came and broke it up. No, no, I'm talking like punches was thrown, your clothes got ripped, and you were cussing, because if there wasn't no cussing, it wasn't no fight. All right, all right, we got an aggressive church. I like it. Now this is where the honesty is gonna kick in because I have another question for you. I wanna know who in this room has lost a fight. Okay, we got some real ones in the building. I think some of y'all are lying, but that's between you and the big guy. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I've never lost a fight. I'm just built different. No, uh, I've never lost a fight because I've never been in a fight. I'm just intimidating. But I will say that I played football for about 10 years of my life. And football is a very high contact sport. And in the point of contact, one of two things is gonna happen. Either you are going to hit someone or someone's gonna hit you. And I'm just taking God at his word right now that it's much better to give than it is to receive, amen? Come on, that was a church joke for you church folks. I have a story that I wanna share with you all and it's gonna sound like I'm complaining and trust me, I totally am. But a lot of you, if you know me, you might know that I do some part-time work at Jimmy John's as a delivery driver. And my, <laughs> my pet peeve is when people order food but won't put themselves in a position to get it. What do I mean? So I'll go into work, I'll get my first order, it's going to Professional Towers, Suite 504. I get there, I go into the suite, it's this medical office, this story's pre-COVID, and there's chairs in the waiting room, there's a wall with the window cut out, it's got that glass sliding door, you know what I'm talking about? I go up to it, I knock on it, this receptionist opens it, I'm like, hey, I have food for Molly. She's like, Molly? I'm like, yes. She's like, I don't think there's a Molly here, are you sure you're in the right place? So we spent about five minutes clarifying that I am where I'm supposed to be at. But she is still like, I don't know Molly. So she goes to the receptionist next to her. She's like, hey, do you know a Molly? She's like, no, I don't think there's a Molly here. And they come up with this great idea. They're like, why don't you call the number on the ticket? So I call it, and this office phone that's sitting right in front of them starts ringing. <laughs> this is a real story. And so finally, this receptionist is like, I'm gonna go check in the back for you. I'm like, you are a saint. So she goes in the back and she spends about 10 minutes. Now, there can't be more than 15 people that work here. Like, that's a very generous guess. But finally, Molly comes out. And what kills me is the two receptionists that were like, we don't know a Molly, are like, oh, Molly. We didn't know that was your name. We always call you M. And so Molly comes up to me. I give her the food. She signs the ticket and I go on about my day. But the thing is, Molly would have made it so much easier on me 
if she would have put herself in a position to get the food. Because when she was ordering it, she was ready to get it. She was expecting it. She was ready for it. And I can't help but think that we do this to God so much. Where we are believing for a miracle. We are waiting on a promise. We are waiting for breakthrough. But when it doesn't come in that moment, we allow what life does to distract us. And God comes up to our window and he knocks on and he says, hey, I have a blessing for Carolina. I have a blessing for Alyssa. But we're not present and we allow fear to answer. And fear is like, I don't know who you're talking about. But the thing is, when God sends something, you're going to get it. That there's nothing that anybody can do to stop what God has for you. But we would make it so much easier on him if we would just put ourselves in a position to receive it. A lot of you are probably like, that's a cool story. Where's the Bible at? I got you. If you could, could you turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17? I'm preaching out of a paper Bible, and I have my notebook. Someone say, level one preacher. And if you don't have your Bibles, no worries. We're going to have it up on the screen. And just to give you some context of what's going on here, King Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And he finds out that the Ammonites and the Moabites are teaming up to come get him. He's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do, so God sends a prophet. And this is where we pick up, is the prophet saying, you will not have to fight this battle, but take up your positions. I love that word, position. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not and be not dismayed, but go up against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Someone say, the Lord is with me. Before we go any further, I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak in this place, that you use me as a vessel to speak to your sons and your daughters. And most importantly, God, I just pray that you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I want to speak to you all from the subject that your position has purpose. Because I think this life that we're living, this Christian walk that we're walking, is a fight every single day. It's a choice every single day to say, hey, I'm going to wake up and do this thing. Hey, I'm going to give this thing my best. And I understand it's not easy. It's not hard here in my heart, but I understand it's not easy. And I believe that your position will make the difference in the fight that you have. So I have three things that will give you the best possible position in your fight. The first thing that we're gonna look at is we're gonna look at our foundation. The scripture says to stand still. You can't stand still with a wobbly foundation. And when I think of that, I think of this passage that's in Matthew 7, and it's 24 through 27. Jesus is talking. I know that because the letters are red. And Jesus is saying, <laughs> If you hear my sayings and you apply them, I will liken you to a wise man. I will consider you a wise person if you practice what I preach. I will consider you like a wise person who built his house on the rock. And when that storm comes, I'm kind of paraphrasing, when that storm comes and beats on that house, it will not fall because it was founded on a solid foundation. I think that's a really good bar. Like he could have stopped right there and just left. But then he continues to say, but if you hear my sayings and you don't apply them, I will liken you to a foolish person. I will consider you foolish. 
like a person who built his house on the sand. And when the storm comes and beats on that house, it fell. And it continues to say, and great was its fall. I think that it's so easy to, to believe our truth, what we think is right, that we don't need God sometimes, because that's comfortable to us, not having to depend on someone else. And so I have a very brave young man that's gonna come up on stage and we're gonna act this out for you. I love illustrations. Come on, come on, introduce yourself, tell the people who you are. I'm Seth, more commonly known as Tabitha's boyfriend. All right, all right. So what I want you to do is just kind of stand casual like we're just chit-chatting. And what he's representing right now is what it looks like to build your house on the sand because when life comes in, he's easy to get knocked over. So we're gonna run through this scenario real quick. It's a Tuesday morning and you're going to school. You got class at nine o'clock, it's 8.30. You're not playing no games. You're on the road and boom, you hit a pothole and the pothole pops your tire. And you're like, no worries, all I have to do is call AAA. You reach for your phone, but you realize you left your phone at the house. How many of y'all have had a morning kind of like this? Yeah. So now you have to get out of your car and wave some random person down. Finally, someone's nice enough to stop. You explain the situation. And they're like, yeah, no worries, here's my phone. You call them, you call AAA, they're on the way. The person doesn't want to leave you, though. They want to make sure you get taken care of. He's a nice guy. You're not really in the mood to chit-chat with him, though. But you're a nice guy, too, so you, 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 know, you talk to him. AAA comes. You're late to class. Your professor yells at you. But you're still able to turn in your assignments. We all could say he had a pretty crappy Tuesday morning, yeah? So let's run this back. But what I want to do is I want to change your stance. And what I want you to do is to get into an athletic stance. How many athletes do I have in the room? All right, all right. So what I want you to do is get your feet about shoulder width apart, get a little bend in your knees. Come on, get that chest up, that back straight, yeah. <laughs> this is what it looks like spending time in the Word, spending time in the presence, knowing that God is for you and not against you, that he will not leave or forsake you, and you know this. So let's go back through the scenario. You're driving to class, it's at nine o'clock, it's 8.30, no games are being played. Boom, you hit a pothole, it pops your tire. All you have to do is call AAA. You reach for your phone, but uh-oh, you left it at the house. So now you have to get out of your car and wave some random stranger down. Finally, someone's nice enough to stop. You explain the situation, they're like, yeah, here's the phone. Then they don't want to leave you. They want to stay with you. They want to talk to you. They want to make sure you get taken care of. And you're not really in the mood to talk, but you do talk to them. But the conversation that you all have is you found out he moved from Georgia to Louisville because of a job change and he's been looking for a church to get plugged into. And he's tried this church and that church and nothing against it, he just didn't feel like that was his place. He sees that you have a big church shirt on. So he starts to ask you about it, you're like, yeah, it's a good place. They got nice people there. They got a good looking duo on stage right now. <laughs> and so he, he comes and checks it out, he likes it, he gets his family involved. And now he's able to make an impact in his family. He's, out, he's now able to make an impact in his community. And that was all possible because you were there. And all you did was have a crappy Tuesday morning. I just wanna say that your position has purpose, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Y'all give it up for Seth, he killed it.
All right. Take a moment. I'm going to get some water. But really what it's all about is your perspective. And that leads us into the next thing that I want to look at. I believe to have a good position, we have to look at our vision. The scripture says, go up against them tomorrow. Another version says, go and see what you're up against. Because you can't fight what you don't see. It says, go and see. We could say that vision and direction go hand in hand. What am I talking about? Where you're looking at is where you go. You can't look this way and then, oh, you're going to start to trip. But the thing is, the enemy knows this. And the enemy knows if he can distract your vision, he will distract where you go. And see, the thing is, I, I think that we all have this fight that's inside of us. I don't think the fight is the problem, but where we direct it is the issue. And so I have two more individuals that are going to come up on stage. Come on, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. Introduce yourselves. Who are you? Anna. <laughs> Tabitha. All right, all right. So what I want you all to do is to face each other, and I want you all to greet each other like you just saw each other. So sweet. Now what I want you to do is to put your fists up like you're gonna fight each other. Now check this out, check this out. Go back to greeting each other. Now go back to fighting each other. It's not a far distance from the two spots, but for some reason, go back to greeting each other there's a lot of tension to stay here. And so, and it's so easy to fight each other. Put your fist back up. So it, it looks like Anna's over here saying, I think your outfit is stupid. <laughs> and Tabitha is like, well, your hair's ugly. I'm sorry, I don't know how girls argue, I just don't. <laughs> Anna's over here like, well, I don't like that thing that you put on Facebook. <laughs> Tabitha is like, well, I don't agree with your political opinion. Anna's like, well, I don't approve of you saying that you're doing this, but you're not doing that when no one's looking. Now put your fist, just do this. This is them constantly fighting. And they're representing something a little bit bigger than just two friends on stage. They are representing sister and sister in Christ, brother and sister in Christ, brother and brother. Church and church. And while they're busy fighting, come on. the enemy is walking right past them. He stops. He takes a photo. He's like, I'm just chilling. I can do whatever I want to do because you can't fight what you don't see. And the thing is, this is happening in our families. This is happening in our schools. This is happening in our jobs and in our communities and in our friend groups. And we're asking ourselves, why does the world look the way that it does? It's because our vision is focused on the wrong thing. Now, can this be fixed? Absolutely. What do we got to do? We have to change the vision. So I want you all to face the crowd now. And I want you to put your fists up. <laughs> they are no longer fighting with each other, but now they are fighting for each other. Because honestly, as great as Anna is, she is not built or designed to fight her own battles. Because when she gets in the heat of the moment 
and it's too tough for her, she can say, I quit. I'm done. This is too much. This is too stressful. I didn't ask for this. But the thing is, when Anna fights for Tabitha, Anna can't quit because Tabitha's not ready to be done. Vice versa, when Tabitha fights for Anna, she can't quit because Anna's not ready to be done. We say, that, we say this in the church a lot, that we are better together. This is why we push crews on you so much. It's not because we wanna find out your business or what's going on in your life, but we're trying to get people in your corner. We're trying to get a support system for you. We are better together. Y'all give it up for these ladies. And the last thing that I think that we should look at in having a good position is ourselves. Because the thing is, the only person that knows where you stand in the relationship with God that you have is you. We gotta do a heart check. We have to pay attention to what's coming into our spirit. I would imagine you would wanna fuel yourself with something that makes you strong. And in uh, Nehemiah 8, verse 10, it talks about this thing. The very last part of the verse is what I like. I think it's the next slide. There we go, there we go. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. See, the thing is, you have to find that thing that makes you joyful about who God is. For me, it's knowing that he has unconditional love that he is not keeping a record of what I do wrong. When I think about that, that brings me joy. I think about every place or every time that I've stepped away from my place with God. Something always came first, and that was that I gave up my joy in hopes for something else that would make me happy. See, the thing is, the enemy can't just steal your joy. He has to get you to give it up. What did he do with Adam and Eve? He didn't just steal their spirituality. He tricked them into thinking that there was something better than what God had for him. I think about every time I've stepped away, and it was always me giving up my joy. I'm super guilty of giving up my joy to pleasure myself, to make what makes me feel good. And to be honest, I probably shouldn't even be standing here. I'm gonna get real, real quick. I realized something about myself when I turned 21, and that was I was really good at drinking, like really good at it. And one night, my buddy hits me up. He's like, hey, I have a buddy who has a buddy that's playing in this show, and all that was was an excuse to go party. And we meet at this bar downtown, and uh, they're like, hey, get there at 10 o'clock. I'm like, all right, cool. I get there at 10 o'clock because I like to show up on time for stuff. And I get there, and they text me, hey, we're running late. No worries, I got a bottle in my car. I'm gonna take some pulls out of it until y'all get there. I was smoking, and if y'all are asking yourself, smoke what, you probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, they, they show up like an hour late. And so I, I got pretty deep in the bottle. I get out of my car, hey, what's up? We go in. I walked in lit like a candle. I walked up to the bar, I was speaking in cursive. Hey, give me a, one of those. And so, you know, we, we eventually go to the, the venue where the music's being played, and it's like that, ah, screamo music, just not my vibe, not my style, nothing against it. It's just 
I'm like, I'm going to go to the back. So I, I go to the back, and there's this table and some chairs. And I take a seat, and I'm just kind of looking around. And all of a sudden, lights out. And the next thing that I remember is that I woke up in my house, in my room, confused. I was just here a second ago. How am I here? I'm like, did someone give me a ride home? Did I get an Uber? Like, what happened? I walk outside, and I see my car parked in the normal spot. I'm like, wow, I just drove myself home. And this, this immediate amount of fear came over me. Because I was like, what if I got on the expressway going the wrong way? What if I ran a red light and T-boned somebody? What if I hit a, another car, a tree, a house? Like, what if I ended myself then and there? And that happened on a Saturday night. And I came in here on a Sunday morning, and I sat back there, put on my fake face. Hey, Trey, hi, how are you? I'm blessed and highly flavored. How are you doing this morning? You know, you have that church talk. And I was sitting back there just feeling super guilty, super shameful, super embarrassed because, you know, God has poured so much into me, and this is what I'm out here doing. I thought that he was mad at me. See, you can say that God's not mad at you, but when you're in that situation, it doesn't matter what anybody says because that's all you know. But the thing is, even in that moment, when I messed up on a mess up on a mess up, like I shouldn't even have been there, I shouldn't even have been doing what I was doing, I shouldn't even have been around the people that I was around. But even in those moments, God is in heaven saying, hey, I love you. Hey, Trey, I desire you. Hey, Trey, I want a relationship with you so bad, but the thing is, I want you to want it as bad as me. And see, the thing is, you can take your name and you can apply your situation to that because the way that God thinks about me is no different than the way that he thinks about you. So I just want to review with you all real quick. I think the things that we need to pay attention to is we have to look at our foundation and that we have to look at our vision. And the last thing is we have to look at ourselves. And I want to go back to the scripture because it's still a little confusing to me. Let's go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. It says that you will not need to fight this battle. Why are we talking about positions? Why are we talking about fighting if he just gave me the day off? Can I just go home? Can I just go do whatever it is that I want to do? I clearly don't have to fight. But it says that you will not have to fight this battle which insinuates there's a battle for us to fight. Well, let's go to the next part of the verse. It has to tell us there. It says, position yourselves and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, O Judah and Jerusalem. It doesn't say anything about fighting there. It's gotta say it in the next part, right? It says, fear not and be not dismayed, but go up against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. It doesn't talk about fighting there. So I'm just kind of confused. And I was listening to this guy, uh, Chetowin Pete, break down this verse. This is his quote. This isn't mine. And he is saying, see, the thing is, you're not fighting the fight because the battle's already been won. But our fight is we have to fight to stay in position. 
come on, I got some dads and some husbands in the room. You might feel like you don't have all of the answers, but fight to stay in position. I got some mamas and some wives in the room that you might feel like what you're doing is of no significance, but fight to stay in position. I got leaders in the room and you're getting attacked day in and day out, but fight to stay in position. To my refuge people, my 18 to 20 somethings, life is crazy right now. We're trying to figure out what to do. We're trying to figure out our purpose. We're trying to figure out our calling, but fight to stay in position because there is a purpose in your position. And the best example that I think that we have of what it looks like to fight to stay in position is Jesus when he died on that cross because he was hung high and he was stretched wide. And the reason I think that he fought to stay there is because there's a scripture Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. It's in Matthew 26. And he is saying, do you not think I would call on my father and he would not send 12 legions of angels for me? But he fought to stay there. Why? Because his position had a purpose. So that someone like you and someone like me could experience unconditional love. That's a hard one for me to grasp. Could experience forgiveness could experience mercy and grace, take a step further to experience the blessings, to experience the promise, to experience the favor, to experience everything that he has to offer. If I could, could I have everyone stand? We, we get to this part of the service and it's like, can you bow your head and close your eyes and tuck your head under your seat so no one knows who's looking around and I'm not against that church here in my heart, but I am a big believer that we are better together. And so what I would like to ask you all to do is if you want to come down here to the altar, we're going to go into this song. Maybe you got to reposition yourself. Maybe you don't have a position. You're like, Trey, I don't really know what you're talking about. Like Jesus sounds interesting, but I don't know what you're talking about. You might be saying, hey, Trey, I'm just kind of out of position right now. You might be saying, hey, I was doing what God had asked me, but I just kind of got lost. You might be saying, hey, Trey, I'm in my position and I'm doing what he's asked, but it's so hard right now. I get all three of those. You might just have something else on your heart, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna have our prayer team on the left and on the right, and if you need someone to pray with you, they're gonna be there because we are better together. So if that's you, you can make your way now. In Big Church, I just wanna say thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you. I love y'all. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.